Super Talk Mississippi media production. All free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, glad you're with us this afternoon. Welcome to the Thursday edition of the Eagle Hour on the Super Talk Radio Network. Two days away from Kelly Sanders' feelings being crushed by the Tennessee Titans. Well, we hope that's not the case, but you're probably right, Bob. Yeah, their running back is coming back, Kelly. You, you, you do realize that. That's a, yeah. And I hate it for him. He's in for a long day. <laughs> I bet he's worried. (laughs) Trembling. I can see him from here. (laughs) Opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Proud supporters of the Eagle Hour, Southern Miss Athletics. And we're always glad to promote them as a great place for you to take your family to eat. And as Kelly can testify, a great place to cater your holiday meals and other occasions. Yeah, it's a lot of stress when you have holiday meals and stuff, making sure everybody gets fed. Man, just just let Dickie's take care of it. And yeah, of course you're going to pay for the food, but what is peace of mind worth? Right? Just to be able to sit back and relax and enjoy company. We're broadcasting from the Southern Bank Corps Studios at Laurel and Hattiesburg this afternoon. Bob, Kelly, and Luke, the full gang, is here on a cold and a rainy afternoon here in South Mississippi. Glad you're with us, whether you're tuned in on one of our affiliates or online. Uh, hopefully, if you catch us later on a podcast, welcome to the Eagle Hour. John Miller is our guest today. Uh, John was the director of football operations for the Southern Miss football program from 19. 19- 98 through 2011 and a graduate assistant from 94 to 98 he worked for both jeff bauer and larry fedora john uh, welcome to the show we're glad to have you on glad to be on guys all right before we get into uh, we hear you have some great stories but before we get into that uh, for people that may not know give us kind of a, a rundown of what a director of football operations does well, it's kind of a task. The task or a little bit of everything has to do with off the field. That's from financial aid to housing to the well-being of the players and uh, the team travel. I mean, recruiting, it's a little bit of everything. So, and the, the management of the assistant coaches and the head coach. And what led you to Southern Miss? How did you get started there? Well, my brother was a graduate of Southern Miss, and uh, he's a long-time uh, United States custom agent in Chicago, and so uh, kind of was a, a family deal. And I, I just followed his footsteps and came in, and uh, I'd coached a little high school ball. I went back and coached high school ball when I graduated at uh, Clinton High School under David Bradbury. Uh, and as on a recruiting visit, Southern Miss was there recruiting, and John Thompson was recruiting one of our players, and he had talked me into coming down and being a graduate assistant, and. Then, uh, so I was a graduate assistant under John Thompson and Dave Womack back in the in the nineties era when we were really rolling and uh, and just really stayed connected with those guys and and uh, got uh, was mentored by a guy named Famous Coleman uh, as a director of football operations. Unfortunately, coach got sick, uh, and I followed in the footsteps of him. Uh, with the leadership of Jeff Bauer, and it's not unusual, uh, Coach Miller, that a lot of a lot of 
football, the football fraternity in Mississippi, lots of times will shift from one of the big three to the other. I mean, Jim Carmody's been a head coach at Southern Miss. He's been a defensive coordinator, you know, at, at Mississippi State. Even did a stint at at the other schools. Oh, the other schools. Sorry. <laughs> so they, and that's not unusual for a lot of the coaches in the state of Mississippi to rotate. So, so what led you then from Hattiesburg to? Oxford to that school up north? Well, it kind of goes back to what you were talking about, Kelly. I mean, uh, Dave Womack's the defensive coordinator at that school up north, as you would say. <laughs> and uh, and he told Coach Hugh Freeze about me and uh, and my connections in the state of Mississippi. Coach Freeze, also a Southern Miss graduate, called me. I went up for two interviews and and then the rest of the story, I wind up making an 11-year stint there. And you really worked with some of the most 100%. iconic names uh, in that we've heard. And you, the people, the names you're throwing out, really some of the iconic names in, in Mississippi college football history. Yeah, I've been very fortunate. You know, it started, like I said, with Jeff Bauer. I mean, when you talk about Coach Bauer and what he instilled in, in me and a lot of successful coaches that came through there, like John Thompson – Tyrone Nix, Derek Nix, and people has really made their way through college football. It started really with Jeff Bauer, and uh, I could never thank him enough for what he instilled in us and and how to maneuver through this business. It is interesting how things happen, though, because now Kane Womack, who was Dave Womack's son, Dave Womack, former Southern Miss defensive coordinator, now Kane is the head coach at South Alabama in the Sun Belt, which probably sooner rather than later will be a new nemesis for Southern Miss. And, John, you're, you're kind of pleasantly surprised that, that Fortune had smiled upon Kane Womack. Yeah, I mean, I'm so proud of Kane. He's really done it the hard way. He came up as a GA. Uh, he, he grinded it out. Uh, you know, I kind of like you, Kelly. I remember Kane being a little league a baseball player here in Hattiesburg and, uh, and kind of came up through the ranks. Uh, I walked out at the Outback Bowl a year ago, and uh, Kane Womack's the defensive coordinator at Indiana, and uh, that was kind of a strange deal to look over to the other sideline and see Kane Womack. But it's uh, couldn't be more proud of him. What a great family they have. Luke, get in here. John Miller, Coach Miller, Luke Johnson. Good to uh, good to talk to you, sir. You uh, you gave you me doing, many a, a uh, gave me many a room key. Oversaw many a Chick Fil A sandwich distribution, and uh, where I think there was even one time it may have been at a Bama game. You were like technically our position coach for that game, so man, there was some great years, Coach Miller. And uh, man, thanks for coming on the Eagle Hour today. I, um, I, I guess I'll looking back on it, and the statute of limitations has run out, so we we can talk honestly and openly about this. Um, the part of you know dealing with guys day in and day out. And, and like you said, you know, managing everything. I know sometimes there were times that me and other dudes just drove you insane. And I guess looking back on it, that's part of the fun of, of interacting with 18 to 22-year-olds. Uh, no doubt. I mean, I've got a list of stories, and that one that sticks to mind, and you'll remember this. But, you know, people didn't like their roommate at times in Van Hall back in the day, and we had cut a deal that uh, with T.J. Slaughter. He would have, be the only player on the team to have his own room. 
And if you you guys remember T.J. Slaughter, he wasn't the easiest guy to get along with. And I'd always say, if you don't like your roommate, it's no problem. You can move in with T.J. Slaughter. <laughs> Somehow, overnight, those roommates got back connected, and they turned out to be best friends. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> it happens. And you see, see, Coach Miller was a slick guy, too. I, I I'll tell him this because I told you other guys. You know, he'd always be out there at practice, and we'd walk on the field, and he'd walk around and strengthen, you know, stretching and pre. And then probably like by period five on some days, you'd look around and he wouldn't be there anymore. And then we would leave the practice field and we'd go over to the rock for, uh, for you know, our kicking stuff. And, you know, about 45 minutes later, you'd see this little plane flying over the rock. And you'd be like, there's Miller. There he is right there. That's true, Coach, right? You did that occasionally. Uh, no doubt. I. I had to look at it from a lot of different angles, Luke. (laughs) (laughs) Coach, I want to ask you about the toughest, because when you work with people closely like this, you obviously become friends at at many different levels. What's the toughest thing that you had to deal with on a professional, wearing the professional hat that you felt might affect your personal hat? Well, I mean, the biggest thing is I think that people – uh, respect you when you're able to tell them the truth. And, uh, you know, throughout my 28 years of doing this is, you know, I've had to talk to some of the guys that we named earlier in the coaching business. And I just said, Hey, this is not going to work. Your personal life is affecting your professional life and vice versa. And you get and, 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 you know, it was kind of accountability group, you know, and, and I was fortunate enough to have people that would call me out at times and, and, and so it was, uh, it's, that's why this place is so special to me because, you know, you know, I'm at the Sugar Bowl coaching two weeks ago at the Sugar Bowl and, uh, a guy comes in my suite at the hotel and spends four hours in this Tyrone mix. Uh, and we just laughed and cut up and talked 100% Southern Miss football for four hours. And that was, I, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, no question about it. We're going to hold you over, Mr. Miller, if you're good with that. We know you've probably got a lot of great stories uh, for your, you know, from your time with uh, Coach Bauer and Coach Fedora, both of which we've uh, we've had on this show uh, on several occasions. Uh, I've got about 20 seconds left before we get into the break, but be thinking about this. Uh, if you could describe the difference there was in working for Jeff Bauer and Larry Fedora, because from a fan standpoint, they seem to be uh, pretty much opposite of one another. So we're going to continue our conversation uh, with John Miller, the former director of football operations at uh, Southern Miss, recently retired from Ole Miss. We were kidding him, of course, about the school up north. And uh, enjoying our conversation with him, and uh, we'll continue that on the other side of the break. Real quick reminder, Patrick McGee from NOLA.com will be on the Eagle Hour tomorrow. Melissa Socher will give us a Corky Palmer raffle update. Always fun having her on the show. Uh, But more from John Miller. Great conversation on the other side of the break. Stay with us.
You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, welcome back to the show. Glad you're with us on a cold Thursday afternoon, or wherever you're tuned in this afternoon. This segment is sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. They've got, as you hear us say every day, because it's true, the biggest selection of Southern Miss apparel anywhere on the planet, the greatest manager in the world, and Miss Kathleen. You can shop them six days a week on Hardy Street. You can shop them online at CampusBookmart.net. But the next time you decide to buy some Southern Miss swag, you make sure that uh, you buy it, please, from Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. We're talking to John Miller, who was the Director of Football Operations for Southern Miss from 1998 through 2011. Coach, uh, I know the guys have a lot of questions for you. One I wanted to hear your comment on is you worked for the legendary Jeff Bauer, you were here during the transition from Coach Bauer to Coach Fedora. Both guys have been on the show numerous times. We find them, I think their football philosophy was uh, opposite almost, and uh, certainly their personalities are a lot different. What was the difference, if you could describe to our listeners, between working uh, for Coach Bauer and Coach Fedora? Uh, Coach Bauer is just, you know, he's a nuts and bolts guy. He's highly, highly organized. He understood Southern Miss from the academic side all the way. He, you know, he played here, his love here, and uh, he gave an astronomical amount of his personal money to the school. And he just had a love for this place that was second to none. Uh, he loved the players. He was very honest with them. He was uh, a second chance guy. He was, uh, you know, I, I can't say enough great things about Coach Bauer. I still talk to him today. Uh, and stay in contact with him. He just, he's got so much knowledge. I mean, he was on the college football playoff committee. I mean, and you just talk to the people that's on there with him of, of the, the amount of, uh, preparation he put in that. I mean, that's just who he is. I mean, he's a nuts and bolts guy and highly, highly organized. Larry Fedora is probably the new era of football coaches. Uh, a little bit more flamboyant, uh, wants to throw it all over the yard a little bit more. And, and I'm not sure Coach wouldn't do that in today's world, but just because the game's changed in the last uh, four or five years. But it's, uh, but you know, Coach Fedora, you know, did a phenomenal job as well. And uh, and I stay, I talked to Coach uh, Fedora about a week ago on a player out of Texas, and uh, so uh, both of them were totally different. You got that exactly right, but both of them were good in their in their own way. Speaking of new new era of coaches, Coach Miller, uh, Will Hall would certainly fit that bill. I would think you've had a chance to to talk with Hill, Will Hall. In fact, some in depth conversations. Give us your your skilled eye uh, taking a look at Coach Hall. What do you think he's he is ready to do at Southern Miss? Well, Will Hall is kind of funny that you asked. When they made the change with Jay Hobson, that, uh, Rick Cleveland uh, sent me a text and says, who do we need to get at Southern Miss? And and I said, Will Hall. And uh, that was on day one. Uh, I didn't know, have any connections uh, of getting Will Hall hired. He got himself hired. But I just – and I didn't know Will on a personal level at the time. I, I knew him on a professional level. We had interviewed him as an offensive coordinator at Ole Miss. I was highly impressed with him. Uh, but he, he, I just knew he was going to get back into the high schools of Mississippi. I knew he was going to have the nucleus of the team from the Mississippi and, uh, and down here in the Pine Belt. And I knew that with his dad, he knew how to win. And, uh, and I just thought that that's, we needed to get back to our nuts and bolts and go back to blue collar like 
like back uh, when Coach Bauer was here, and uh, and get our identity back. And uh, I think that's what he brings back. I was retired for two days, and he gave me the call and said, I hear you're in Hattiesburg. Can you come by the office? And uh, in about 30 minutes, he was trying to hire me. I said, I don't want to get paid because then you'll be telling me what to do. So, <laughs> But I'm, I'm a big Will Hall fan, and uh, I think Will Hall will do a phenomenal job. Uh, it's um, – you know, I couldn't be more excited for Will. I think he's a, a year or two away from getting this. The nucleus of the team is now all from Mississippi. Uh, you're seeing the two guys up north. They're recruiting a little bit broader than Mississippi, which really helps Will in a lot of ways. Uh, so I, I think that it's, uh, you know, I, I'm excited about it. I think you're going Southern Miss, you're going to see a big change this year in two years. He's going to have this thing headed back to where it needs to be. And him and I have had long talks at night about it. He wants to get this thing going as bad as anybody in the world, and that and that's about 90% of it. I mean, this guy's a worker, and uh, and he's a grinder. And uh, he understands these Mississippi kids in certain areas in Mississippi. When you cross over 61 Highway in the Delta, you've got to be able to understand that some of those guys are not quite as developed as you would like to see on the front end. But what they can be in two or three years. We've made a living up there uh, when Coach Bauer was here just because we understood that a lot of them, the weight program wasn't that good. Sometimes, the, you know, the, they wasn't getting three meals a day. And, and then in two or three years, we had a four-star player getting ready to go play in the National Football League. And Will understands all that. And so I think that's where he's got a jump on 90% of the people that you could go hire to, to come in here and get this thing fixed. And uh, I'm excited about Will Hall. I think he he's the right guy at the right time. Luke? Coach, uh, just to kind of zoom out a little bit and go back to, to some of your time, I would think that probably one of the most challenging times for you as a, uh, as a football operations guy was the 2005 season, my, my senior year. When we had to relocate, got a game canceled, had to relocate to uh, to Memphis to prep for Alabama, and most of the time, you know, you've already done all your groundwork, you've you know uh, booked all this stuff, hotels and uh, like months in advance, and then all of a sudden, Katrina wrecked it all. You know, as you was that probably one of the most challenging times for you as an operations guy. Luke, in 29 years, if I was going to write a book on my career, that'd be chapter one, two, three, and four. Uh, that was the most challenging time of my life. I had my wife and kids cooking hot dogs in the in Van Hall uh, front lawn. I had I had a four wheeler that went and picked Coach Bauer up at his house. I took a private airplane to Memphis and found us a hotel room. I found about six or eight buses. I called in all the equipment managers, Pat Stewart's people, uh, Jim Gillespie, Todd McCall, and all those people. And I said, if you're a trainer today, you're equipment manager. And if you're equipment manager, you may be a trainer by the nighttime. And if you remember, Luke, we stopped at that Western Sizzler on 55 Highway. And yep. I think we ate more food than has ever been eaten in the city of Jackson that day. Uh, <laughs> But, yeah, we went up there, and it was uh, – and Tommy West was the head coach at Memphis, and he couldn't have been any nicer to let us use their cafeteria. And But time we got to uh, Tuscaloosa, we were some tired people. So, uh, But that was, that, was a, that was a tough tough two weeks, but we got it done. And, and, and I couldn't – I always remember the players, the attitude they kept through that was unbelievable. I mean, there was just – we just took one day at a time, and we pushed through it. 
to, to further comment on that, those those hot dogs on the front of Van Hall, they were really good. So I wanted to compliment you yeah. publicly on that. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I had uh, Dot Roberts at Corner Market going in the back door getting the hot dogs for me. <laughs> they wouldn't even open. <laughs> but you know, you look back at times like that, and that was where you know where Southern Miss being a family really shone out. I mean, we were all we understood the concept of family before then. But like you, I remember at that Western Sizzling stop, those dudes from New Orleans, like man, that's my grandma's house. Like we were watching, you know, the news and. But, I mean, you look back, there was yeah. times like that that really the family was forged even more in the Southern Miss football program. I think, yeah, and I, and I hadn't been able to replace that, Luke, to be honest with you. We've got some players that you played with that lost their house in the second hurricane, and, and they called me, you know, I'm at Ole Miss. They're down outside of Baton Rouge. They've lost their home. They've got a small kid. I called Coach Bauer. I called Tyrone Nix. I called Dave Womack. And we just piled the money up and sent it down there and got got them back going again. And that's what Southern Miss is about, is people helping people. And that's kind of what's drawn me back here. And uh, when after the Sugar Bowl, I walked up. I was in, in Hattiesburg and walked out to the Hattiesburg Country Club. I said, the air even smells better here some days. You know? <laughs> Coach, we've just got a minute left. But I want you to comment on that. You had a great career here. You went on to have a great career at Ole Miss. But when it came time to retire – you moved back to Hattiesburg, and what I hear in your voice, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is you're a Golden Eagle. You love the history. You love the community. You love the university. I do. I do. I mean, I graduated from here. My Both my kids went to school there, and, I mean, it's just it's it's who I am, you know. And then I'd get on that airplane. I'd be leaving Texas A&M or, or Auburn in the middle of the night, and I'm going to turn that phone on. I'm going to find out what the score is of Southern Miss. And, uh, I mean, it's just where I graduated from. It's my school, and uh, I'm glad to be back here. I'm not, you know, looking to get too involved. I'll help Will any way I can, but I just want to be a fan, and I just want to support him any way I can. And and, uh, and if that's financially, that's financially. And, uh if that's just being at the game, it's being at the game. So I'll, I'll do whatever I got to do, but I, I'm I'm excited about being back. And actually, John won't be too far away from Coach Bauer, as it turns out, because both uh, of them are now building out in rural Lamar County there. So good for well, you. Let us say uh, welcome back home. We're glad to have you back. We appreciate uh, you being on the show, and it's good to have you back home, Coach. Thank you. Appreciate it, guys. Luke, great, great talking to you, bud. Yes, sir. Thanks, Coach. John Miller, former director of football operations, once a Golden Eagle center, always a Golden Eagle. It doesn't matter where you go. And even though we normally close the show this way, it's always appropriate to the top. There we go. We'll be right back. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Great interview with John Miller, and we thank him for coming on the Eagle Hour this afternoon. And uh, what great stories and uh, and memories. When you bring these these guys that are so so tied to the history of the football program, it's always uh, fascinating and fun to talk to them because it is such a proud program. And uh, 
unfortunately, I think some of the younger fans don't realize just how proud and magnificent it was in its day. And hopefully, hopefully we've got the coaching staff here now that's going to get us back to that level. Fourth Street Bar Grill sponsors this segment of our program, and we sure thank a lot of those guys. Uh, Eight ninety five plate lunch every day, great food all night long. Guarantee the playoff games will be on all weekend. It'll just be a great atmosphere for you to enjoy the NFL playoffs. I'm sure a lot of college hoops are being played uh, on the big TVs down there every night. So uh, if you want a, a good drink, a, a good meal, and to just have some uh, sports bar fun, we strongly recommend 4th Street Bar and Grill. want to let you know real quickly, we, we said yesterday afternoon that the three of us would be the honorary coaches at the women's basketball game. Our, our head coach, our beloved head coach, is a little under the weather. She's not going to be uh, coaching there Saturday. And uh, so we're going to postpone our engagement. I, I I can't, you know, it's none of my business, but I do want to say that it's not related to her struggles with cancer. I think that came out really well, we're happy to say. so. But Coach McDowell will be back real soon, and uh, the virus just continues to rear its ugly head. Actually, what happened was when that announcement was made, she regretted it so much she started she said feeling she couldn't, bad. She said she yeah. made her sick. The more she yeah. thought about what she had done, she just fell ill and said, I'm going to be too yeah. ill to be We're sorry, stuff. Coach. We apologize. We take responsibility for that. <laughs> Well, there is some other news breaking today out of this out of the Sun Belt. One of the current members of the Sun Belt officially departing as of tomorrow. It's being reported that the Texas State Board of Regents is going to approve tomorrow. UT Arlington, which has been a basketball only member of the Sun Belt, UT Arlington officially heading to the WAC as of tomorrow. And Luke Johnson, that's really no surprise. It's not a surprise they're leaving. It's just a surprise as to perhaps where they where they wound up because there was no word anywhere where UT Arlington was going. Yeah, I mean, you you knew they were on the way out, and that was kind of the all the puzzle pieces that fit with you know the the four new schools coming into the Sun Belt uh, because ultimately they want to be at you know they they want to be uh, at that number of fourteen. So yeah, you you knew that Arlington and, and Little Rock something had to happen, and you started hearing that it was going to happen. So now, at least with Arlington, it's it's pretty apparent they're on their way out. And I think Kelly again, this benefits and further uh, shows that the Eagles are probably going to be in Sun Belt, you know, come July of this year. And and we think that that vote is taking place according to sources on January twenty fifth. This is January twentieth. The January 25th vote we're talking about is not a Southern Miss vote, but rather the uh, athletic directors of the Sun Belt and the directors of the Sun Belt to, you know, make room, so to speak, for those four new schools to come in. James Madison has already made it official that they're coming, so you can't imagine as to why the other schools would not be on the move. Other headlines, Frank Frank Gore Jr. of the Southern Miss football team taking advantage of the name, image, and likeness uh, potentials out there, inking a $40,000 deal today. Now, again, he's Frank Gore Jr., Frank Gore Sr., has made a pretty good wage nice. in the National Football League in the 20 years practically that, that he's been playing. So you wouldn't think necessarily that, that he needs it. And perhaps perhaps his name certainly helps. You know, being It didn't hurt. No, it did not hurt uh, gaining that, uh, that was, was that is Is that name, image, likeness, is that for football or is that for the uh, recruiting he does for Southern Miss on social media? Because I think he's deserving of an entire new NIL deal because of all the recruiting that he does for us. Yeah, and that name alone draws a lot of people's attention, you know, and it, it's all kind of kind of interconnected, but good for him. 
You know, good for him. So, and, and there's another reason why it's important is because if athletes who are entertaining signing at Southern Miss, they can't say, well, you, you can't get an image and likeness deal in Hattiesburg. That's just, well, it's already happened. I you think know? it's his second, actually. His his yeah, second. I think so. So, but but it is good that it uh, that it makes it possible, you know, for other athletes to to break break that ground, and and we'll see, you know, what happens along the way. Your reaction, Luke, to that? Yeah, I mean, it's it's good. I mean, you know, if it if it's allowed, and uh, it would have been nice, you know, if back in the day, had we got that, I would have never have gotten anything as a punter. But you know, we would my teammates would have been able to take me to dinner in a few places, so I would have. I would have used that, and I'm sure Frank's been hit up for a couple things. But yeah, I mean it's it's a new day. It's it's going to be here. I, I do think, and I don't want to go into this. I'm just going to comment this because I've been throwing throwing it around with some guys. You know, it's basically like free agency without a salary cap, and so they're going to have to nuance That's it a exactly little bit right. because it's it, the way it is now. It's the Wild West, and so it's kind of inevitable that it would happen that way to to start with. But you, you feel like, especially because, you know, Dion is going to play the game back on the big guys, and you feel like, uh, you know, there's going to be some reining in of this just a little bit. Right. You know, looking back, T.J. Slaughter would have gotten a lot of them, Kelly, because he'd have gone to the business people and said, you will give me the deal or I will break off your nose and cram it down your throat. And yeah. they would have said, okay, T.J., okay, what would you like? He, he was a heck of a player, wasn't he? Yeah. You know, played for the Jaguars. He was a heck of a and, He and, was a man. That's and, what he was. And when T.J. Slaughter came in the room, too, I mean, he he wore the, the uh, blue contacts, the sky blue, so yeah. his eyes kind of looked menacing. But I saw him come to a to a, a game at Green Bay. The the players were showing up, and he had on, and I think it was a floor length fox coat. Yeah, I mean he he was a dude. Now he let was. me tell you, he but, was a man. I'm and and people you. go, man, he he was so cocky. I'm going, it's not cocky if you can back it up. He's not cocky. He's T.J. Slaughter. <laughs> you think he's cocky? Go tell him. I was just going to say that. Yeah, <laughs> see what his reaction, you know, would be. You didn't there. play with him, did you, Luke? I didn't, but I heard stories. So, like, uh, particularly, <laughs> so just, just, and, and Miller would, would have, would have affirmed this too. So, so think if you would like pregame meal. So we ate pregame meal in several different places. Sometimes we ate it downstairs at the Commons. Sometimes we would eat it at the Hattiesburg Country Club, you know, and then on the road, we would eat it in these banquet rooms in these hotels. So when I played, like, you didn't say anything. You didn't even like sigh or breathe loudly during pregame meal. Because there was like a rumor that floated around one time somebody's fork hit a plate. So you're using, you know, like, uh, you know, like a, a, a nice plate and, and legitimate silverware and not plastic stuff. And somebody's like fork hit a plate too loud a couple times. And the urban legend was is that TJ got up, walked across the room and just told this guy he wasn't ready to play as only TJ could. And so it kind of, you know, by the time TJ went on the team when I played, but it was just kind of like this, we don't say anything. Somebody's going to come out of the corner he and may get show us. Up. And it was, you know, it was like <laughs> TJ may show back up to do that. But, yeah, he was a dude, man. <laughs> yeah, no question. The Golden Eagle basketball team, victorious. Well, we need to talk about that last night. They won a game 100-50. to 50. Kelly? Southeastern Baptist. College out of uh, out of Laurel, and I know you know the. I think Luke calls them the war, the keyboard warriors. Some of them, you know, trashing. Oh, they were full of themselves last night. Oh, uh, why? Why would you play a team like that? Why would you get? Well, again, the the as Coach Rowan explained yesterday, it was important for the guys to get some reps in 
so to speak. And I think Duke was busy. Um, <laughs> so I think a lot of other – Golden just, State Warriors had a game They did. Scheduled. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just not that easy to get on the phone and call somebody you know, with two or three days' notice and say – Hey, come play us. Yeah. So look, the Eagles knew that they were the class of the two teams last night. That's really not what it was about. It was just to to get some some kinks worked out. And let's face it, the Eagles they they need to get some wins. And yeah. so if they could, you know, have a have a game like that to where they can work some things out and yet not have the outcome in jeopardy, um, perfect time to do it. It's not going to yeah. strengthen the RPI. That's not what any of this was about. Um, and they hit the road again. You know, to Middle Tennessee. So, but but last night, I mean, twelve guys played. Eagles shot fifty eight percent from the floor. Uh, three point, you wish it had been a little higher. It was a twenty seven percent. They shot seventy three percent from the free throw line. Uh, but Tyler Stevenson, I was I was actually listening when it happened. I mean, he uh, he got went over the thousand point mark. I mentioned yesterday, only the seventeenth player to have a thousand points and five hundred rebounds. But this is pretty cool. He tied Randolph Keys and Casey Fisher as the 23rd fastest player to reach a thousand points. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's actually, I think it's somewhere in the high 30s, 38, 39 that have actually reached a thousand. He's got a thousand and 500 rebounds, but that's pretty cool. I mean, that kind of puts Tyler Stevenson as a, as a score where he kind of lands with points. I mean, tying Fisher and Keys. At, you know, as the same uh, same journey time wise to to reach that. Maybe goal. we should get a photo of him and put it right beside the NIT poster at Fourth Street Bar and Grill, Luke. His uh, his shorts will be significantly longer. Yeah, dress him uh, up in the shorts from century. back then; it would just be amazing. Those guys, but, uh, the Fab Four, they take so much abuse for about the li- their shorts. <laughs> uh, yeah, and and let me tell you, no matter what type of abuse they would take, Casey Fisher in like four three years gave more than what he will get back in the in the next fifty. So anyway, no he question. could uh, he could give it anyway. Last night, uh, DeAndre Pinkney fourteen points uh, and Jerron Pierre Jr. fifteen points, along with Tyler Stevenson, who went twenty nine points and six rebounds. We're broadcasting from the Southern Bank Corps Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. We'll be back with the final segment of the Eagle Hour right after this. To the top. Final segment on a chilly, chilly Thursday brought to you by D-Bat and D-1 Training in Hattiesburg, official home of the Luke Johnson 5.240 yard dash. And uh, happy to have them along on the Eagle Hour. Luke, Bob, and Kelly live from the Southern Bank Core Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. Um, Bob actually had a conniption fit during during the break, and uh, he may not speak for uh, the rest of the, of the show without without laughing. But um, Getty, are you okay? I think so. 
<laughs> we have we have entirely too much fun on on this show. Tanner is a sick. I'll just let you so, fill in the just rest. There, of just it. so people know, there's sometimes, and I'm thankful that I am 30 miles away because I just will go silent during the commercial breaks. I just I won't say anything because if. Uh, yeah, that's just we'll, we'll leave it there. Anyway, Golden Eagles uh, improved to six and eleven last night after after a hundred to fifty victory over Southeastern Baptist. They will take on Middle Tennessee this coming Saturday at one o'clock up in Murfreesboro. Of course, you can catch uh, John Cox on the call on the Southern Miss uh, Radio Sports Network. All right, uh, Eagle Hour. As Bob mentioned earlier in the show, we are in podcast form. Uh, you may be listening to us live on the Super Talk Mississippi affiliate. Appreciate you doing that. But you can also catch us on Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher, or on demand anytime, supertalk.fm. If you missed uh, the earlier part of the show, former Southern Miss football director of operations, John Miller, joined us for the first two segments. Good interview uh, reminiscing with him. All right, Getty, I think I have allowed you Okay, to, I think uh, I have my normal. composure, but... Uh, we're, a week from tomorrow, we're going to be at Ramey Motors down in Purvis, and it'll be our first appearance of the year. We go down there once a month. Always, always look forward to that. And you know, sometimes we um, we don't we can never say thank you enough. I just want to do a shout out to uh, one of our newest sponsors who has just renewed with us. Uh, Robert Goss is a financial advisor with Edward Jones, and uh, he has an agency uh, here on Lincoln Road. Uh, uh, Robert is a, is a lifetime alumni member at Southern Miss, a season ticket holder in multiple sports, a huge contributor to the Eagle Club, and uh, we're always happy to have people from our Southern Miss family join us uh, on the Eagle Hour. So I just want to say thank you to Robert Goss and need some financial advice. That would be the guy to go see. So uh, we'll look forward to being back down in Purvis. Uh, who's that then that's the greatest baseball player in the history of Purvis High School, Dakota? Just ask him, Dakota Baker. Yeah. Yeah. And, and of course, baseball, not too far away. Obviously, the high school, the junior colleges usually start a week or two before mm-hmm. the colleges. And here we are now as the calendar switches to January 20th. That's getting closer, obviously, to February. I know softball, some of the softball teams will start at the college level uh, the first two or three days of February. So we yeah. are as short as maybe 10 to 13 days away from, from spring sports. Let me ask you this question, Luke. Uh, we're used to it. We never get love. We earn our love at Southern Miss. But uh, how is it that uh, a team, that uh, a publication that writes so favorably about Southern Miss baseball as D1 does, uh, the Southern Miss finishes in the top 25 uh, they're you know they're like a, a hit away from being in the super regionals. Really battled uh, Ole Miss, beat Florida State, beat Ole Miss in the same day. Took Ole Miss right down, you know, right down to the last out. And, and Ole Miss, of course, is a quality program. How are they not in the top twenty-five? I think it's because even though those guys there know what is on the roster. Um, key pieces of the roster that they're going to depend on this year are unproven. So, for instance, you lose Trimble, you lose Powell, uh, you lose Stanley, and so you lose you know two thirds of your rotation. And yeah, they wrote glaring reviews about Waldrop and, and Stewart and, and some of these guys. I, I just I think they're going to want to they're not going to peg or rank people based off of uh, of what could be. Uh, I will tell you this: Dallas Baptist is like twenty two in that poll. And mm-hmm. if you will go and look at how many opponents 
the Eagles are playing in like the first 20 games. I know. It's exciting. And, and I think to your point, that's what's going to allow Southern Miss to be ranked quicker right. than later simply because of what we've got and who we're going to play early. Make no mistake, Dallas Baptist is the real deal. They have the most awesome. Have you guys seen the video promoting Dallas Ballas, Dallas Baptist. Baptist baseball? It's incredible. It is an incredible production. Have you seen it, Luke? I have not. I've heard about it, but I have not seen it yet. Yeah, so that's a boy. Talk about um, a tough weekend. Oof, that's going to be fun. A couple more things on baseball. So uh, the LED lights are installed, and you can uh, you can drive by there, of course, if they're practicing at night. But you, uh, if you go on the Southern Miss uh, baseball, I think it's official baseball Twitter. If not, you can just search it on Google. But anyway, the lights are up, and uh, we want to wish assistant coach Travis Creel happy birthday, coach. Happy birthday. Make uh, make Oz and Coach Barry get you some good food today. Happy birthday, you Travis. You, know, you, you were talking about those lights. By the way, I was talking um, to Big Dave um, over at uh, at Southern Miss and the, the physical plant, and they handled the installation of all those. And they said those lights, they can flicker and flash, and they can you know do all kinds of patterns with them. So like if they had a, like a Mardi Gras parade, they could flash gold and purple and yeah, you know the, be cool. different colors. Yeah. And so when you throw out the first pitch, Kelly, what are they going to do? I, I don't know. They, but somebody better head for the hills. They better make sure that yeah. screen is up tight behind home plate. And we will be broadcasting live from the Pete on opening day, February 18th. We're looking forward to it. We're looking forward to tomorrow. We'll be back at 1 o'clock. We hope you'll join us. Until then, Southern Miss. To the top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.